There's so much to do today. Ron Pazinski, Kratz. You know Sergio? Come join us! You mean the tall, fat, short, skinny, blonde hair, dark hair guy? <laughs> yes. Time of your life. Let's go. Google it, kids. It's been a minute. What's up? I gotta go to the bathroom. Are you serious? Mm -hmm. Go ahead. You can go. Yeah, but then we're gonna cancel the show. We're gonna have to cancel the show, though. Ten well, percent of us oh, have GI tract That kind of have to go to the bathroom. Okay. Well, you we'll, know what? We'll we'll fight on. So Russ Dorsey, Mike DiGiovanna on um, Ron Washington getting hired, Tanner Bybee, a rookie of the year candidate, and Kevin Gossman, all in the next two hours. It's gonna be fun. But to understand what they're talking about, let's charge the damn mound, powered by Tiza. And I think our friends at Tiza would get a kick out of the fact that this has nothing to do with them. But they might get a good little, I don't know if you should get a laugh out of it. AJ's definitely laughing. Oh, on the why inside not? and outside. Yeah. How can I not laugh at the fact that all these guys that are full of shit are full of shit? <laughs> <laughs> okay. Good call. All right. So for more context right now, let's start with Stephanie Epstein. We have two tweets back to back to show you. Number one, a stomach ailment has felled some 10% of the executives at MLB's annual off-season kickoff. It is serious enough that the league considered ending the whole thing early. The GM meetings have become the GI meetings. The only problem with this tweet is 10%, that- 10%, there's 30, so three of them have it? No, executives. No, nah, executives, there's tons of people there. Oh, I was like, there's 30 GMs, so three of them. And actually, <laughs> some teams don't even have GMs, so it's like 2.7 of them. The article said like 30 <laughs> out of, of 300 at the moment. Some of them were just But then gassy. it could be more. Yeah, Other, some of them others had, had diarrhea. Some were gassy, yeah. yes. <laughs> Some of them just, you know, I mean, have a dairy allergy. But update from <laughs> Stephanie. <laughs> it's definitely celiacs. a virus, not food poisoning. And as a result, MLB canceled the rest of the of course GM they did, meetings. After Brian Cashman came out and got all mad, they're like, we can't have this. We <laughs> food allergies. By the way, Cash <laughs> did say. Why, that, am I so, why is my face so big? <laughs> because people want to see more of you. This is going to be a great show today. I promise oh you that. And I almost never promised that. So surprisingly, I think Cashman was okay. That's the only reason why I wasn't thrilled with him being the cover boy. Like, I feel like someone should have, like, I, if I was there, I would have raised my hand and said, listen, I'm, I'm one of the victims of this awful stomach virus. Please, you can make me the poster boy. Put me on the front here. We need to cancel these GM meetings where everyone's full of shit. Cashman actually said he was okay and that, um, he was going to avoid the buffet and just have a burger on his own. So he's good for now. He got everything out already. <laughs> Apparently every team in the league had someone sick. That's a lot. I mean, that's 30 people, right? There's 30 teams. So 30, ooh, man. I'm surprised they didn't start making them wear gloves and do the whole thing from the shutdown period again, right? Remember really all, the, question, all the players said they had to wear gloves yeah. when they were eating? To play cards. Did Ken Rosenthal gets sick. Ken no. will get sick. Ken is good. No. You no. can't you can't make Superman sick. Yeah. Only kryptonite gets Ken. Yep. Only bad tweets about teams talking to agents yeah, would that. take Ken down. You know, I got I got more love for that question maybe than any question I've asked, or definitely it was up there. I got people that texted me and said, thank you for addressing the bullshit tweets that get sent out during the offseason. Oh, where so people go, talking to so-and-so? This team's talking to this player where, like, there's a billion people talking to each other, you know? So, you're welcome, America. Every agent calls every team to gauge interest. So, they're always talking. 
in the offseason. Every every single agent calls every single team and says, hey, I have Eric Kratz. Do you want to sign him? There and the agent then tells the reporter, not named Ken Rosenthal, and he says, oh, Eric Kratz's agent spoke to the Brewers about being their new manager. <gasps> no way. Like, it's unbelievable. It happens all the time. It happens during the season, too. So, I don't know. It's kind of a crazy well, it's just a, it, you got to be careful about what you're saying to the people because I think people get fooled and think that a team's going to sign a player just because they spoke to his agent. You know who gets fooled more than anybody? Your friends and family. Oh, because they try and look at <laughs> because all they'll the see bullshit. the tweet and they'll be like, "Hey, you'll get a call from like your parents. You're like, hey, is it true you're going to sign with the Yankees?'" And I'm like, "No, <laughs> but we saw it tweeted." And I'm like. <laughs> Yeah, but no. And they're like, but you, they've called you. And I'm like, yeah, but that doesn't mean we're going there. That just means that someone spoke to somebody. But, yeah, it's, cra- it's crazy, man. Because especially now with uh, trade rumors, Twitter, Instagram, all that stuff, Snapchat, all of them, TikTok. Like everyone just assumes they know, and they're always right. And a lot of times they're wrong. Yep. A lot. Agreed. They are wrong a lot. All right, so let's get to some other actual news. So we will get to Ron Washington in a sec. Ken put out a pretty lengthy article about his notes from the GM meetings, and he'll join us tomorrow. But I think the one that stands out the most, which also makes this week worse for Brewers fans, is that they potentially could be in sell mode. From Ken, those sources briefed on the Brewers' discussions but not authorized to discuss them publicly say the team is open to moving virtually any player on its roster. Now, they already started. They traded Mark Hanna. He's a pretty good player. He's worth that contract for one year, in my mind. Corbin Burns has one year left. Arbitration, probably about 15 mil. Obviously, Woodruff's hurt. We don't know when he's going to come back. About 12 mil for arbitration for him, potentially. Uh, Devin Williams is a free agent after 2025, and Willie Adamas is a free agent after this season. You want to go really crazy? Christian Yelich has five years, 130 mil left on his contract. No one's picking that up. I don't think he wants to go anywhere. No one's picking that. He had a good year. He had a good year, but still, nobody's going to pick that one up. Okay. Anyway, I don't believe what's what's happening here. Man, man on the scene, our Brewers expert, Eric Kratz. What do you think is going to happen this offseason? Yep, it's you. We call on you. Do you think this team is going to tear it down? Because the one thing I will say, and I respect them for this, the Brewers don't really believe in full-on rebuilds. Their owner, Mark Atanasio, has talked about that, and I like that. I mean, it sucks to do the full-on tank mode. The only thing is they're looking at the market and saying, it's, it's definitely full of teams that need starters, and they're realizing what Texas just did and that they need more in terms of starting pitching and starting pitching depth. Not everybody's going to get, you know, Yamamoto, Nola, et cetera. And on the offensive side with someone like Adamas, for example, it's a bad, bad free agent market in terms of position players. There's just not much there. So a few dudes at the top and then gets really thin. So there's a market inefficiency. It's a great word in the front office world for all the dudes that have um, stomach issues right now. But what do you think happens? Well, I think market inefficiencies revolve really around Willie Adamas. To me, what other shortstops are available? Somebody that can play shortstop every single day. Whether you think his value is high or not, 30 home run bat at shortstop is rare, and a bunch of teams just 
went through the whole shortstop cavalcade that went into, I think it was last year and the previous year's free agency. And I think it'll revolve around him. The, the Brewers can move Bryce Terang, who should have been a gold glove candidate at second. They could move him to short. And if they are able to get a huge return, again, I don't know if they can, but I think if they can get a huge return, then I think they would move somebody like Burns. Then I think they would lock up a Woodruff for, let's say, a two-year deal in the $25 million range with a club option. I mean, not two years for 25. The full, the full contract, $25 million, since he's going to be hurt most of the year, then he can come back and then possibly a club option type of thing. And then you take those pieces and you essentially play for 2025. Not a complete rebuild, but never they're never going to be an all-in team. They're just going to be a perpetual build, build, build team and never go all the way down, but also never go all the way to the peak. So to me, I think it hinges around Willie Adamas because you can always trade Burns. But if you trade Burns, now you still have Adamas hanging out and you don't have – like it's like, okay, well, am I getting value out of him? Shortstop position – Home runs, 30 pumps, 25 pumps from the shortstop position. To me, that's a very – it's an underrated value. I know it's talked about a lot, but his value in a trade market I think could be really huge after people figure out where Chapman goes because he's a defensive first type of type of position player. Do you have a teaser in your mouth right now? Oh, yeah. It's a teaser yeah. deck, kid. Yeah. I like it. Sam. Peppermint. I don't do drugs, kid. Till Sunday. Are you serious? I'm jacked. Teaser. Teaser. Do I have absolute. to educate you right now? I know what teasers are. I've tried a teaser. They're very delicious. No nicotine, no tobacco. I know. They're very delicious. And the flavors. The flavors are awesome. Well, that's why I asked because yeah. I could tell a little bit. Yeah. Um, Corbin Burns, by the way, if Corbin they Burns put his name out there, you. a huge haul. I don't know if Willie Adamas would get that big of a haul. He's got one more year left, and he had, he had a down year for him this past year. Um, listen, Woody, Big Woo. He's hurt. Shoulders are never good. Hmm. Shoulders are one of those that you're like, ah, is he ever going to come back? I know a lot of guys had shoulders, never came back. He's young, though. Still, John Danks was young. He had shoulder surgery. Never, he couldn't even throw a ball from here to me to you after he had shoulder surgery. It, was, it wasn't the same. Uh, listen, they, now Williams, they trade him. Devin Williams, they could get something for him. They got some bullpen pieces they could probably trade. Uh, but, gosh, it, it just – I mean, listen, they could trade William Contreras and probably get something, too. Um I don't know. I feel like the Brewers are in one of those weird spots. They're kind of in between now, especially after losing Council. Yelich, listen, I love Christian Yelich not only as a player but as a guy. I just don't think a team's going to be willing to take on five one thirty. So that's what twenty six million a year for Christian Yelich. He's had some down years. He had a better year this year, Kratz. <clears throat> it's it's just a weird spot they're in because they never. I don't think deep down they ever thought Council would leave. I know the reports are saying, oh, they thought this was possible, but. Yeah, I, I, I just don't think that they ever thought he would truly leave. They'd always just be there. So losing him was the start of the dominoes. And then my boy Corbin, Corbin Burns, who's obviously my favorite player since I have his card every day. I mean, he's he's got to be next. If you if you don't want to do a full rebuild, you trade Corbin Burns, get some major league talent ready, talent back, and start start for 24 and 25. But this is, this is why I'm saying Adamus, because both of them are going to be gone after 25. I mean, after 24. So if Adamus doesn't get you value, which when teams are looking at Adamus's value, 
yes, they could be buying low, but you just said like, well, nobody's going to get, nobody's going to take Yelly if, cause he just had, you know, he had a couple down years and now he had an up year. So then it'd be, well, he should, they should trade him, but Adama's had a down year. So they won't get as much value to me. His value is in the fact that he plays a premium position. He plays a premium position and he had 24 pumps this year, 24 homers. He's clearly unlocked his home run ability since he's gone to Milwaukee with 20 in Milwaukee. That year he ended up having 25, five with the Rays, 31, 24. Look, he's never going to be this on-base monster, but his batting average was the lowest this year. To me, your batting average gets better, especially as athletic shortstops. It will get better the older you get because you learn to hit. So he had a down year, yes. But to me, if they can kick off a trade with a team who is looking to upgrade offense, <coughs> everybody at the trade deadline last year, there was no offense available, and they have it in Willie Adamas. They have somebody who can fill in, learn the position, and is a solid above-average defender in Bryce Terang, and then you can kick off, you know what? We're going to keep we're going to keep uh, Devin Williams because he'll be our closer for 2025. He can hit free agency. And then they have always done a good job of filling in pieces, getting pieces here and there, here and there to sustain you for the season. And that's not even saying that the season's going to be a wash in 24, but that's only if the Cubs don't go all in. If the Cubs go all in, you know, I think then the Central is theirs. But and if the Cardinals get like three starting pitchers, but anyway, that's that's where I think that's where I think it, it lies. Because if you just get rid of Burns, it feels like okay. Well, what are we getting for Burns? Are we getting a lot? But okay, but but what are you getting? A big league starting pitcher. Other, what other teams do shouldn't dictate what you do. So like whatever the Cubs do, that shouldn't dictate what the Brewers do. No, 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 what, no. I was that was more on that was more <clears> on. <throat> I'm saying that their chances in the Central. They're I'm not, not going to. They're, they're not going. They're probably not going to win the central this year. And I, I feel like I, honestly, not I, that this. Plus, Freddie Peralta is another guy they might want to think about. I know he's signed through twenty six with club options and twenty five and twenty six. They're cheap club options. They could probably get some pretty good for him too. The the thing is, is though, it's just what does Matt Arden want to do? First, he's got to find a manager. They also just won the division. I, I right, know, but. You can't. You know, you already lost Woodruff for the year. Woodruff was out half of last year. Yeah, and he they won was, the division. They essentially have their whole team coming Central back. Is, is, is not good compared to the most of the rest of the divisions in baseball. Agree? Agree. It's like what, the AL Central. I, yeah, AL Central is like in another world. But is the NL Central not probably the second worst division? But do we have faith Depending in, on what the Cubs do. Sure, sure. And usually we no, count, the on, the, the we usually count are, on the Cardinals being halfway decent. This year they were awful. Right, and they're going to get better. They're, I, I would think they're going to be better next year. I think the Cubs are going to be in a, probably a little bit better. Assuming that they do some things in the offseason. Um, Pirates, probably about the same. Hmm. Pirates are always about the same. Yeah. Feels like. About the same. It's a nice ball. Pirates are gonna they're gonna slow, slowly matriculate to about third place in the division and, and then come back down. And then they'll be like, oh well, these two people that we were hoping were gonna be superstars are Red should be better though. Reds I love. I think they're gonna be good if they pick up a couple pitchers, which we'll get to all that. That um, costs money. Does cost money. Let's see what happens. Poll question, and we'll get to Russ Dorsey on the other side. This is big. Oh, first off, why well, I have it. 
Discount code FOUL, F-O-U-L, for 20% off your first order at TizaEnergy.com. I'm going to be lit. Got some Tiza. Uh, if you're a dipper, no nicotine, no tobacco, go Tiza. Stadium's Russ Dorsey with us right now on FT. Um, wow. Where do we begin? That shirt's well, fire. That shirt is fire. Thank He's got you. his Royal Sox shirt on. Shout out to my friends at Homage. Okay. Do they not make do they not make shirts that are a little bit bigger though? All Stop. right, all right, all right. Stop Here it. we go. Scott Gold, he wants his shirt back. Can, can I, <laughs> I? You know what? I actually want to start with. Um, well, let's start with Ron Washington. Okay, let's give him let's give him some love. It's his first manager gig hmm. in ten years, and he signs with the Angels. We're going to talk to Mike DiGiovanna later about the difficult task of being the manager of the Angels when you have. Your, your owner dad breathing over your neck, telling you what to do with everything. But what do you think about the move? I mean, I don't think anybody's going to have something negative to say about this addition. Do you agree? Yeah, I'm with you, Scott. I think when you look at Ron Washington and you look at his time in Texas, those are some really successful teams. His last year before they moved on from Ron Washington, they weren't great. But you talk about back-to-back World Series appearances. And then it's been nearly a decade since he had gotten an opportunity to manage again. Goes down to Atlanta where you know he, he helps guys like Dansby Swanson and Ozzie Albies and Freddie Freeman and Matt Olson and Austin Riley, turning him into a guy that is a plus defender over there at third base and a guy who's respected around the game. And to your point, you're never going to hear anything bad about Ron Washington. So good hire for the Los Angeles Angels. I don't know where this takes them uh, in terms of their future, because I, I like you guys, believe that Shohei Otani's time in L.A. is going to be over this offseason. And if that's the case, I think you're just kind of looking at a new era of Angels baseball. Where does that leave them? I think that remains to be seen. But uh, a great opportunity for Ron Washington to have another opportunity to manage in the big leagues. Is there any inclination that he was like, he really wanted to get back into managing? And with all the openings, is this the best fit for him? Because I feel like he is an energy-winning guy, and I don't know that you're like, man, I can't wait to go to the Angels and finish 162 games. I 100% hear what you're saying, Kratzy. I really do. I think one of the parts about what that makes it so interesting is there's only 30 of these jobs, right? And he's a guy that's been in the the cycle year after year now. It's like, oh, Ron Washington would be a good candidate for this team. He'd be a good candidate for this team. And if a team wants to make you a finalist and other teams just kind of want to talk to you, well, I'm going to talk to this team that wants to make me a finalist and potentially make me the manager of that team, of that ball club. And I think at the end of the day, it's, hey, I can get back into managing. I've got to be in Atlanta where I was a successful coach where, you know, maybe perspective changes when you're not the guy making all the decisions. You could look and say, all right, I would do this differently. And, oh, I did this differently back when I was in Texas. Maybe I should do it like this this time and take all that information from a successful organization down in Atlanta. And now you bring all that to Los Angeles with the Angels and hopefully bring that energy to an organization that really needs some energy right now. Hey, I played for Washington 2013. It was his next to last year. 2014, I think, was his last year in Texas, right? He was a yes. great guy. He was fun as hell to play for. I mean, really treated people the right way. The one thing I took away from Ron Washington, though, was those meetings he had with us were off the chain. 
funny as hell. He'd get all mad and he'd start cussing, and it was so funny. I heard he cusses like every other. Oh word. my gosh, it was so funny. And he'd be smoking his cigs. Oh, like age. Oh man, he'd be hiding behind the corner. Little oh, heater. Oh, between innings. I mean, he was unbelievable. Listen, I love Wash. Every time I see Wash, he is he is awesome. Gives me a big hug. I mean, listen, he. I don't know if he can turn around because listen, he's seventy one years old now. I don't know if anybody can turn around what the Angels have. But Ron Washington is going to make it a different clubhouse, a different culture. And I know this. He's going to make it fun as hell to go to the ballpark every day. No, and, and that's what I think they need in Los Angeles, right? If the Shohei Otani era is over, which I think a lot of us believe that it is, and you're still going to have Mike Trout for the foreseeable future until he decides that he doesn't want to do that anymore, don't you need somebody that's going to make the 26 guys in that clubhouse believe, guys, we can win a ball game today. And to your point, if he's going to do that and he's going to bring some levity, but also, hey, guys, I, I know what we can do. I know the talent that we have in here. No, I don't think anybody's out there saying the Angels are going to be a world beater with Ron Washington as their manager. But I do think the the value of having a guy that people believe in is really important, whether they're going to be a team that wins 75 games or 80 games or whatever they do. I think having a guy like a Ron Washington make people start to believe in that organization, in the Angels again, I think that's important. Russ, do you think that we should have a neutral site World Series? Let's start no. there. <laughs> no, I don't. No, I don't. Okay. Scott. So Scott Boris spoke yesterday, and obviously he spoke about his players, which you know, right. we, we get all that. But it's more fun to kick around the big picture topics. I'm going to mix this one in there at the same time, because the second part – I have a lot of say here, and I usually don't. I hosted a good chunk of the draft for many years. It should not be during All-Star Weekend. It's like you have to like – it's like going into a ball pit, and it's like you, you dig, 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 and you find – oh, and the draft is here right now? It just doesn't get the attention it should. It should be in Omaha. I don't know if NCAA and MLB haven't gotten along or whatever the fuck has led to that for so long. It's stupid, but it's just a bad time to have it, and I love the freaking draft. So that's my take on that. But I think most people care more about the World Series situation. So what did you think of those comments? And a fellow agent, different agency, Vernon Wells, saying, no one cares, Bob. Stop wasting characters, which I, he was saying to Nightingale, who was just reporting the news, but to me really meant he was telling Scott that he doesn't care about his opinion, right? Yeah. yeah I, all right. So as far as the neutral site World Series goes, horrible idea. I think all of us have been to the World Series before. The electric atmosphere that is there when you go to one location, then you fly to the next location. It's amazing. That shouldn't change. That's dumb. As far as the the changing the draft, I do, like you mentioned, Scott, I think that is important. right? Because they used to have it in the middle of the summer and a lot of guys were playing in the College World Series. So you want to change it. I understand that. Then you move it to all-star week when it's at the beginning of all-star week so it's that sunday and i kind of like that because it's kind of the 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 thing that kicks off all-star week and i think that's pretty cool and like being in seattle this year with the draft and it was at the football uh field and the stadium next to uh t-mobile park i actually really enjoyed it i can understand your perspective though of saying hey these dudes need to be highlighted away from everything else where it's kind of like an afterthought so do i think they've tried to get improve on it yes can you keep making improvements to make sure that these 
this next wave of MLB stars gets the proper love and attention? Yes. Anyone else? Yeah, I think, listen, I used to love the draft when it was in early June. The, the problem that everyone I've talked to in MLB and in scouts say, well, these guys, these kids, in college, especially college kids, would get distracted because they were in the College World Series. Oh, the draft is happening. Oh, guess what? You were drafted third overall, some pitcher. And then there's like, oh, he's a third draft pick overall, taking the mound. I mean, it didn't hurt Paul Skeens. It didn't hurt Dylan Cruz. It didn't hurt, you know, a ton of guys. Wyatt Langford in the in the College World Series this year. I But the other thing that I don't understand is why they've done this is you used to be able to get a half of season in for your players after you drafted them, right? It'd be the first week in June where you still had some of June, July, August. And now with the way the minor leagues are set up, you could even get some September time for these kids and get them a, a somewhat, but but they eliminated short season. They eliminated the short season league, and therefore by saving money, now they're like, we can move the draft back. These guys can go to our complex, hang out like Paul Skeen, just, oh, just hang out here, you know, throw some bullpens. Instead, used to get these guys, they'd go right into A-ball. They'd go right into short season and get their feet wet in professional baseball. That's gone. That's why the draft timing had to move. I don't like where it is now. I think it, I wish it was back. Maybe do it at the end of the World Series. Day after the day in after Omaha. the College World Series in Omaha, you got most of the people there. They'd hang around. They'd be I don't know, just different ideas. Try something different because the way they're doing it now. Listen, I went to the draft at the MLB Network studios and sat through it. It was boring as hell. <laughs> it was so I'm sitting there like, oh my well, god. Oh, we're gonna change that at right. But they need to come up with a better way. I like that it's in person. I love that the people are there. But gosh, there's got to be a better way, Russell. Come up with it and be the next commissioner. <laughs> no, I, I don't want those problems. I don't want those problems to be the commissioner. But I, I think they're they, with that paycheck. Tried... <laughs> Not wrong. Not wrong. <laughs> uh, I think there have been some additions like the draft lottery. You talk about excitement, things being boring as hell. Going to the winter meetings and seeing the draft lottery for the first time last year, it was an event. Like people were amped up in that room. And so, like, you're starting to see incremental steps. It's like, all right, how can we make this more like the NBA draft? How do we make this more like the NFL? You'll never be that because the sports are different. But, like, can you make appropriate steps to try to improve? And I think the idea of you guys are, are not the first ones that I've heard say, yo, take that thing to Omaha. And I think it it makes sense. Uh, AJ, to your point about the development of players and, like, not being able to have that that half a season in the minor leagues – I think that's why you're seeing more teams now being aggressive where Wyatt Lankford finished the season in AAA and like held his own, right? Uh, Nolan Shanowell was playing in the big leagues with the Angels. So I think teams are trying to figure out what works for them. And obviously that depends on the player. But yeah, you're going to see some of these guys that aren't top 10, top 15 picks going to suffer when it comes to development because they can't get that time. And that's where a ton of value is. You're paying for you're paying for the Wyatt Langfords. You're paying for all your first rounders. The guys down in the draft, while they they don't hit as often, yeah, you're getting a lot of value. So speaking of value, which Chicago topic would you like to talk about first? Would you like to talk <laughs> about how Pedro Gafal all of a sudden doesn't like the team that he loved, or would you like to talk about the fact that Craig Council absolutely undercut David Ross's job? Let's let's talk about uh, let's talk about both, but let's get to Getz and and Pedro Grafol first because something for me that I think is really interesting as a reporter, I love honesty. 
I think honesty is something that people don't really understand the value. If you're honest, you can save yourself a lot of headaches. And I, I think the more people start to realize that, the better off they will be. I think I have no problem. Obviously, I'm not a fan with Chris Getz, GM of the White Sox, saying, I don't like our team, right? Because when you look at the way the White Sox played, why would somebody like the that team that finished the 2023 season? And if you're supposed to get this team where you want it to go, being honest about that and saying, I don't like this team and we need to make changes, which was the entire core. Like we need to make steps to improve this roster. I don't see anything wrong with that. And I don't think that there's any GMs that would disagree if they were in a similar situation. The part about Pedro Grafol, hey man, like I, yeah, I, I think it was at the end of the year for the White Sox. I think it was a lot of just trying. Can we get to the end of of of, of the season? Can we get to <laughs> October first, where everybody can just go home, and then we can come back in twenty twenty four with different faces, different characters, and and try to go from there. The White Sox are in a an interesting position, and we talked about them throughout the year. Like we all saw it coming. I think that's my thing with the White Sox. Like you all, you we all saw the way the season was going to go for them, and now after everything that's happened, where you move on from Tim Anderson and you know Pedro Grafol returns and Kenny and Rick Hahn are no longer uh, in power in the front office, and you have Chris Getz who has kind of been there and kind of seen the way this thing has gone in the minor leagues, and now he's the guy. I don't think it's going to be an easy couple of years for the White Sox, just because when you look at that minor league system it's not great and then you look at the major league roster also not great so chris guy's gonna have some work to do all right so now let's talk about how in 2014 renteria got bounced and you said rick renteria when joe madden became available as they began their winning window yeah is this really the next winning window yes i think that's what the cubs believe I think when you look at, and we talked about it last week, where you asked me, what's the biggest surprise? And I didn't know it was this. I said, one of these managerial hires, I would have loved to have said, hey, breaking right here on foul territory. I was as shocked as everybody, right? And I think when you talking to people in the industry this week, I think people were blown away that a team that had a manager that seemed to be perfect for the job in David Ross said, Rossi, we love you, but we have a guy that we believe can take us to the next level right now. And I think time and time again, you would hear, you know, Jed Hoyer say, we believe that Rossi is going to be a terrific manager in the big leagues, right? But if a guy becomes available that you already know is a top five manager in the big leagues, if you're going to be one of these teams that is constantly in contention and you think that's going to be the difference between you being here and being here, I can understand them wanting to make that move. Now, to that point, I don't think that makes it any easier for a guy like David Ross, who had been in that front office, who had learned uh, under Theo and Jed, and then became the guy in the seat. Uh, and, and people in that organization love David Ross, and rightfully so. Like I, Obviously, everything he did uh, in 2016 team, you know, getting that first World Series, first time in 108 years, but seeing the way that players responded to him, seeing the way that coaching staff responded to him, it was surprising. And I, I imagine for Jed, especially Jed and Carter Hawkins, that was the toughest part of this decision was having to tell David Ross, hey, we're moving on and going to somebody else. 
So why is this the winning window? Like, I get it, 2014. I mean, Mm -hmm. your starting lineup for the 2013 Cubs, Wellington Castillo, Anthony Rizzo, Darwin Barney, Starling Castro, Luis Valbuena, Alfonso Soriano, David DeJesus, Mm -hmm. and don't forget Nate Shearholtz. Like, Mm -hmm. so that was their 2013 compared to 2023 starting lineup. What are they pushing? What are they pushing forward? Who are who are the pieces that are coming up? Who's the Javier Baez? Who's the Chris Bryant's? Who is the um? Who else was coming up through that time? Schwarber. John Lester. Where's John Lester? Where's John Lackey? Where's Kyle Schwarber? There's a whole list of guys. Kyle so Schwarber to, was coming up with them. Right. So when I think when you look at it, so they hired Joe Madden October 2014, and then next season was 2015 when they did all their winning. You sign Lester, right? Schwarber comes up, does his thing. Uh, Chris Bryant comes up, Javi, all those guys. You already had Rizzo. I look at the Cubs this time around, nine years later, you went out and you signed Dansby Swanson, right? You went out two years ago and you signed Seiya Suzuki. You brought him over. Uh, and then now you look at, you bring Tyon in last year. You look at this 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 offseason in free agency obviously Shohei Otani is the big fish out there and, and I've talked to you guys about it I had been told by some sources that the Cubs would be involved in the Shohei Otani bidding will they get them I think there are going to be a lot of teams involved that want Shohei Otani makes perfect sense but this is the time to strike right you don't bring Dansby Swanson in and tell him hey man we're just going to be like okay and not spend money the Cubs have been a team that after you move on from Baez and Bryant and Rizzo have not spent money. And I think the move to bring in Dansby and Taya Suzuki a couple years ago, you, and then you, you know, you sign Ian Happ to an extension, you sign Nico Horner to extension guys that you believe are going to be part of your future. And then you bring in Craig council to say, Hey, this is our manager for the next five to seven, eight, nine years. And this is the, 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 the sign for everybody out there that the Chicago Cubs are back to being that team. Now, you have to show that, but I think the council move was the one to say, hey, we're not playing around with people anymore. Yeah, and then also within their division, they're like, okay, Milwaukee, you don't want to pay an extra few million bucks for your manager or didn't want to throw him the bag while you had him for a billion years. We like him better than everyone else, and he's available right now. So we're going to you know, swing around a little bit here and show you how much more money wet we have and resources. So... That's their choice. And obviously Milwaukee could have matched it or could have obviously beaten the offer. That's what happens. So here's the aftermath for me. Serious question. These guys have kind of been giving me shit for it. Do you have anyone that you can talk to within the Brewers organization about why David Ross wouldn't be a candidate for the job? I'm dead serious here. Not just for the spite. These guys have just been shaking their head. You're I'm serious, troll. Russ. I'm you not a troll. troll. <laughs> I'm I'm not a troll. Russ, can you help me out here? If he did a, a good job and he knows all the inside secrets about the division rival and he would have the biggest chip on anyone's shoulder ever and they've displayed that they can pay some money for the manager position, they think that it's got some value, right? Doesn't everything add up that he should at least be a candidate? Shouldn't he get an interview if he wants to? Sure. A candidate, for sure. I, I <laughs> You... You weren't the first person that brought that to me, Scott. Like that day, I had a couple people text me, like, wouldn't it be crazy? And I said, Yes, yes, it would. Just it it, it's not for the happen. entertainment value. I understand that, AJ. I understand that. And David why? Ross, why? Why? But David, but why? David Ross at the end wasn't considered that great of a manager. Ask any Cub fan out there, as much as they love David Ross. 
they're going to say he at the end the last year or so they, they were they like lost, no we don't want david ross it's they it's lost weird. 15 of their last 22 right if i if they if they don't do that and they make the postseason are we even here i i have a hard time believing that we are if they make it to the postseason but i think he should at least get like why not why not talk to as many people as possible even if you don't hire somebody does it hurt you to to talk to different candidates? It does. No. Ask Jerry Reinsdorf and the White Sox. They don't talk to anybody. <laughs> well, that's that's a personal problem, AJ. That's a personal problem. That's not, that's that's not personal they're... to me. It's not personal. Nah, to me. nah, it's personal. No, it's personal. Yeah. It's truthful. No, because kind of personal. You're a homer, so you're it's a little following. personal. Which you're allowed to do. I'm allowed to be a fan, aren't I? No, for 100%. sure. <laughs> but don't say yeah. it's not personal when it is. <laughs> it's not personal. It's just you facts. and my dad. You and my dad. Sad. <laughs> There's the only two left. We might be, especially after what happened today, we might be the only two left. Uh, yo, I was the one that had to break it to him. To your dad? Yes, I, I texted him this morning. I, as soon as I saw I said, Dad, you're not going to believe it, man. He's like, oh, you know what? I'm going to read the text message from my dad Mr. This Dorsey. It's great. Dad goes, no, five O's, exclamation points. This organization is a flat-out disaster. <laughs> <laughs> Ricky Dorsey. You know what else is a disaster? Yeah, when AJ tries to talk to you about the Chicago Bears. So let's finish with this. A live Scott, update this me, on man? the poll. Do you want to hear AJ talk about the Bears on foul territory? Options. Yes, no, or it's better than when he talks about Florida. 76% say no. Stop it. He gone. What did Rob anyway. say? It doesn't matter what you say. Because I still want to can the Bears cover against Carolina tonight on Thursday Wait, night football. It's still going up. 78%. It's still going up. Again, <laughs> it doesn't matter. Yes, AJ. Yes, I can. Because the only team that I think is worse than them is the Carolina Panthers. But the question is, do they lose on purpose to get two better? Because if they win, it affect their draft stock. I mean, there's and a lot of questions here, Russ. If and they win, outside. it doesn't matter because they have Carolina's pick. Carolina's one and six. They're going to be terrible anyway. You're going to have the first, number one overall pick. Yeah, hopefully. Russ, the Durham Bulls are pretty good. You're talking about Carolina? Good to talk to you, dude. <laughs> <laughs> we'll grab you next week, but, um, my bumps. friend. <laughs> we'll talk Bulls basketball next week, Russ. Craig Council's not the only one to get the bag. Jason Benetti moves from the White Sox to the Tigers, who I'm sure paid him more because otherwise, why would you go to the job? And there it is. Jason is one of the best in the biz. He is also one of the nicest in the biz. I don't think anyone's ever come across him and been like, that guy's a dish. He's awesome. He's a great guy. <laughs> He's really good at his job. And the Tigers got a great one. Tigers significantly improved their broadcast today and got one of the best professionals and also just a baseball guy too, which I think is important, right? It's not just like a play-by-play -play guy. I mean, obviously he calls other sports, but he knows baseball and he's fun entertaining so i'm pretty critical of play-by-play -play people mostly behind the scenes because i don't want to call them out like that because i used to do it and people gave me shit but anyway great pickup by the tigers i don't know why, how you let a guy go but there is you want to talk about an epidemic kratz i'll tell you an epidemic okay owners sit around many of them and say why do we pay this much for our broadcaster doesn't everyone want to do this job every kid that can't make it to the big leagues or do something else in sports wants to be a broadcaster, why would we pay this guy a million when we can pay the next guy 500K? And then it moves on. Why pay 500K when we can pay 300K? Now there's some teams going, why isn't it just like 100K for that job? It's only like the spokesman of our team, right? Basically like a COO or whatever you want to call it of our organization. 
but everyone wants to do it. And if this person's quality is here and this person's quality is here, eh, it's close enough. It's fine. Who gives a shit? So that's what's going on in the league in a lot of spots. But it's nice to see that at least one spot, the Tigers said, you know what? We want to get one of the best in the biz who apparently is available. Let's sign him up. Yeah. And apparently some of those teams that pay less, they'll just say if, ah, you know, I got drunk last night, so I'm going to suspend this guy too, because he said something that wasn't remotely offensive about our organization, but I'm going to suspend him too. <laughs> that's spot it, on. I think they pay the least is what I've it, been told. It's, it's, I don't know. This, this is definitely both your guys realm. I don't, I'm the, I'm the uneducated in this, my 32 games on radio. I was well compensated for my 32 games and I respect the absolute crap out of the Phillies for the way that they handle that group of people. So it's not a, I wouldn't say it's an industry wide thing. I would say it is a industry wide with teams that are nickel and diming stuff. Phillies are awesome. Uh, we've talked about that. They take care of people. It's also not hard to do. So I would say it's maybe like half the teams that have this mindset. Is yeah. everybody traveling? Is Or is there some still some teams yeah, that don't that, travel? There's still that, some teams that don't travel. That's, radio pretty, people, though. that's pretty much done, though. Yeah, there's yeah. a couple left. There's like, left. I don't know what the Blue Jays situation is. Yeah. That was there's still a lot the of teams thing. Now that the don't, Angels. They don't travel their producer and stuff. They still produce from home. Right. And the, and the actual announcers are there. Correct. So I, I don't know about that. That's a cost-saving thing. Listen, I, I mean, as someone obviously that knows Hawk for personally forever, losing him to the White Sox fans was a big blow. But it, I mean, it was time. He's, he's old. Uh, Benetti. This one comes more as a shock. Listen, Benetti and Steve Stone, love them, hate them, whatever they are. But I've worked with Jason a bunch now, and I love Jason. Um, he's one of my favorite guys to work with. The fact that he left to go to a division rival hmm. in the middle of a contract. Let's not forget, he wasn't like a free agent. He was in the middle of a contract that he just signed before last year. And they gave him a ton of shit about it. I remember when it was going down. I'll just say this, and I no, I don't want to say anything for Jason. We've obviously discussed it. It wasn't the most peaceful negotiations between him and the club. Because, listen, he just got a great new gig with Fox. He does college basketball. He does football, college football. And he's great at all those things, but he loves baseball. He was a White Sox fan growing up. He grew up as a White Sox fan. He wanted to be this for the White Sox. He got his dream job, literally, and now he left. Now, listen, I don't know how much money. I'm hoping he got $10 million a year extra, whatever it was. No. I know, but <laughs> but yeah, he got paid but more. But let's say it was 100000 more. Mm-hmm. You mean to tell me the White Sox couldn't find a hundred thousand more? Anybody? Whenever we're talking, but I know about Jerry this doesn't shit. renegotiate in the middle of a contract. I get it, but oh man, it's just it's frustrating because we just talked about Getz and, and Bud Grafol said, and we had Russ Dorsey. He, you saw what his dad said. His dad was like, "No, I can't believe this." What did he say? The organization keeps finding ways to shoot themselves in the foot, right? Like, you go on Twitter, people were like, "I can't believe this." They let him. First of all. I guess you have to let him interview for the job with the Tigers. No, but they let him. So they obviously weren't that happy with him or the other way around. Well, they were super happy with him. They're like, Hey, he might no, go to another no. team. You, I, I think, okay. <laughs> make any sense. I, I have some, I have some expertise in this subject. You can go to your employer and say, Hey, I'm not happy. And the one thing, if, if you're not getting paid the way you want, that's one thing, but you are the voice and the spokesman. And if you're not being valued, that's on them. But, 
you have to be the voice and the spokesman. So if you are smart as an organization, if you choose to not compensate or treat someone the way that they should be treated, you also have to understand that they might not be happy when they're doing their job. Do you want the spokesman being unhappy? Does that make sense? No, not at all. Really? No, you want the spokesman to be happy. Right. So I'm saying if he went to the team and said, hey, can I explore other options? Because I'm not feeling great. Does that make sense? Yeah, it does. If you're a broadcaster, you have a broadcaster, right? Like on our show, if if one of our hosts was like, hey, I don't really like this anymore, but they were like in a contract. Do we want, do they want to be there? I mean, also if you're just a normal, like legitimate person, you'd be like, okay, go explore something else. But you know what I'm saying? Yeah. I understand. You don't want someone sitting there doing their job Yo. every day, 162 games. Like I hate life. Bye, Kratz. Oh, by the way, whoever Northside or Geo is here on the chat, save, yeah. save it, dude. Save it, Northside or Geo. You can save it with your things you're writing on here. Save it, dude. That no, has nothing to do with anything. If you you can ask anybody in the sports broadcast business, Jason Benetti is one of the best guys at his job. I don't care what you say or what you're talking about. There's no no other reasons. Also, I saw it. that's inappropriate and not true. So yeah, I'm not even so, going to repeat what no, he said. No, uh, not either. But I'm just saying, save it, bro. Yeah. Jason Benetti mm-hmm. is one of the best people you'll ever meet in your life. And I don't care what you say about, you know, he left to go to Detroit. He's not going to change my friendship with him. I'm still going to get to do games and then I'm still going to enjoy the crap out of it because he's, he's really good at his job. And some, you know, you can have criticism. He talks too much. He, he's too, you know, he's too quirky with Steve Stone, whatever, but that was their I like stick, that. <laughs> right? That was kind of their stick. And I, and doing a game with Jason Minetti is great. And so I, I, I think that, I think that people get attached to their play by play guy, especially in baseball, because they see him 160 150 times a year and they're in their ear, even if it's on just in the background. You So now whoever comes in after Hawk, who obviously is Frick in the Hall of Fame, and now Benetti, who one day will probably end up in the Hall of Fame, who's going to be the next guy? That's the question. And can can they live up to the past two? Because the past two have been pretty damn good for the White Sox. That's, that's what I was going to say. Baseball has something that other sports don't, and it is the homegrown, in the case of Hawk, Homer, announcer but like if you're i feel like baseball like fans get that like continuity this the certain you know what it's seven o'clock we're busy doing stuff around the house but the game is on and you hear you hear somebody you hear buck martinez you hear tom mccarthy you hear jason benetti like in your town you hear those people and it kind of has like a familiarity. And when you're switching that out because of something like that, that to me, that's that's a miss by baseball in each local regional city. Yep. Good call. AJ's not going to be the play-by-play guy. We might do some, you know, no. watch party action though next year. Just if, if people would. would be into that, if you want to hear AJ and maybe mm. me and some other cool White Sox people. Play. Ozzie Guillen, too just much talking research. White Sox. Let too us much know. research for the play-by-play. you got to know the counts. <laughs> got to actually know the score of the game. The play-by-play is so overrated. Um, that's, why anyway. get, that's why they get paid less than the analysts. <laughs> you just said it right there. I don't care. <laughs> You're right. I'm going to try to sneak this in because I don't think we're going to have time for it anywhere else. And I don't think it requires a ton because it's not surprising. But uh, Bryce Harper is going to be the new full-time first baseman for the Philadelphia Phillies. Yes, Reese Hoskins is not going to come back. There you go. Um, Dombrowski on Harper. We decided we're going to play him at first. He's happy to do whatever we wanted him to do. He said he'd play first or outfield. He feels great. But the more we talked about it internally, we liked the idea of playing him at first. And he later did say he thinks he can become a gold glove caliber first baseman. I agree. Good move. 
probably better for body preservation, being that he has 8,000 years left on his contract. Kratz? Is this what's best for the team or what's best for the longevity of Harper's contract? Isn't that which, the same thing? Which could be the same thing, but now all of a sudden you're still not as athletic in right field. Wouldn't you much rather have Castellanos in left field, Harper in right, and fill in with, to me, Harper's value is lower as a first baseman based on what he's bringing. I think you can find first baseman that can play first base. Finding a right fielder that can also rake like Harper does, uh, I don't know. Maybe I'm splitting hairs, but I'm not saying Harper's like a great, great right fielder, but he has more range than Castellanos, and he has way more range than Schwarber if you're looking to put Schwarber back out and left. They're not. He's going to DH. Marsh. You got Marsh. Yeah. Schwarber's basically their DH. Yeah. Whoever's so me, in center. I mean, whoever it is, they figure out in center. Yeah, but but if, re, if they're not re-signing Reese, and now Bryce is the perfect fill-in there. So that would be my question. The market. The that would be my question. Pitching. Do you did did Bryce text or call Hoskins and say, "Hey, bro, I'm going to play first base. This means they're not going to re-sign you." Because if he plays right field, now you bring Hoskins back. You could trade Nick mm-hmm. Castellanos coming off an all-star year. They weren't bringing back Hoskins. They, they weren't. As soon as he hurt his knee, sadly, he was kind of – But for a one-year deal, gone. if you could get yeah. him on a one-year deal. It, it, the writing was on the wall with Reese. I, I'm sorry. Reese is a great guy. And he's going to do fine. There's plenty of fine. teams that but need you know a first base. Like, the writing was on the wall for Reese, yeah. especially once Bryce went to first base. Like That's not Bryce's place to be like, hey, dude, they're telling me to first. Sorry, you're out. Like – no, that's not Bryce's job to do that. Bryce does what he is told by the organization or has to do by the organization. So I don't think Bryce has to say anything to, to Reese Hoskins other than, hey, man, I'm sorry. We're going to miss you. We wish you were part of the team, right? Like Castellanos is going to play right. Schwarber's going to DH. Marsh is going to be in left. And they'll figure out center field, like kind of like they did at the end of the year this year. And Rojas was pretty damn good out there. Yeah, but so. Rojas didn't hit, though. I know, I know. During the regular season, he did. Yeah. Yeah. So, and he's young. We'll see. But I mean, every other position for them is pretty much locked up. Yeah. Home, Turner. They're going to work on Stott, Riamato. Last, last thing, real quick. Wouldn't you put, if you could, if you could have Harper in right field, and I'm not saying they can't, he can't be a right fielder. He can still play right field. Like, just because they say, you know, he's playing first, you can make that move. Likely they won't. But wouldn't it be, if you could trade Nick Castellanos straight up for a number three starter, would you do it? No. They're not going to. No, they're not going to. I I think it makes sense. My my they already my, said they're going to slug their way to the World Series. My they've already tried. Is, they've done it almost for two. But they have to. They have to. They have Best to way to keep them on get, the field. They have to figure out how to get Nola's spot without me and you know another twenty five million dollar pitcher. Best way to keep him on the field in my mind is first. I agree. So he's he's been through it. All right, let's slap. <laughs> All right, you go first, Kratz Hats, and then I got a little thing to thank. Where they're going to have the draft after we take over that, John? Omaha Storm Chasers. It's a great name. Kratz Hats went like very minorly viral yesterday. It's just perfect timing. He did the <laughs> four leaf clover Brewers hat and said, Good luck. Best of luck. Yeah. <laughs> Thought it was good. So, I have one of those with the White Sox. Should I start wearing it every day? Yeah. 
<laughs> you steal his bit. <laughs> you won't. Uh, okay. Um, I want to send out a thank you. We've had a number of prospects on this show for the first time. We brought on prospects from the Arizona Fall League. Picked some pretty good timing to have some of the better prospects. So just wanted to thank the AFL because their season's coming to a close. So they were very helpful in us saying, hey, can we talk to this guy? And they hooked it up. So Chuck Fox and Josh Schwam with the league. Thank you for bringing us those players. Appreciate you. And AFL ends regular season tonight. And then the uh, championship is this weekend. So cheers to everybody there. And then we'll be back tomorrow with, I know at least Ken Rosenthal and Jan Gomes, correct? Oh, and wait till you hear the the Jan Gomes miss story that we have based on some breaking news that just happened. But Jan will hopefully laugh about it. Um, by the way, Kratz, go ahead. You're going to tell the ongoing story. Oh, I wasn't going to. No, no it, was just, oh. it, it was Mark's. It was Mark's fault, by the way. So anyway, oh, perfect. Um, FYI, uh, if I don't make it back next week, I'm going to the EDC with Scott this oh, weekend wow. for the, the first time e- ever. That's like saying the MLB. The, the EDC. Yeah, that was so cringy. So are you not on tomorrow? Are you not on tomorrow, AJ? Oh, it's Friday. I no. take Fridays off, bro. I got, I, got, to... I got a Folds of Honor golf tournament tomorrow. He also needs to I support the military. Cleanse before he gets to his Sunday night experience. I got a long weekend, dude. You're going to be... I got to do the... I got to play in a golf tournament for Folds of Honor tomorrow. Then I got to fly to St. Louis. They're oh, having a right. memorial for Tim McCarver. Okay. Which I'm going to have to talk You're speaking. At, which is going to be rough because I'm supposedly following Bob Costas and Joe Buck. Oh, my gosh. And then me. <laughs> wow. <laughs> yeah, oh, wow. I need a live stream of that one. Yeah, Ken will be there so I can talk to him. I can get all the info from Ken. And then Sunday... Sunday fun day. Sunday. Who's going to be at EDC with me? <laughs> and Scott. I can't wait to see Pez popping. AJ is a raver now. He will learn what plur means. P-L-U-R for the baseball crowd. It's good for everyone to know. I'll send this to uh, Insomniac. They run EDC. They're the Insomniac best. cookies? Oh, Insomniac no, cookies? Way better than the cookies. Give me some. No. Give me some of them peanut butter jones and some ice cream. This has a C on it, and they're great. So So wait, what do I? I just want to know, what do I got to wear? Uh, full uniform from AJ on Sunday. <laughs> We'll see full you on Friday. Full uniform, just the top button. Everything else open. <laughs> open. <laughs> hey, get in on the action with the FT fam at BetMGM. New customers use the bonus code FOUL, F-O-U-L, for a $1,500 first bet offer. Download the BetMGM Sportsbook app on iOS or Android or visit BetMGM.com. Sign up and deposit at least $10 into your BetMGM Sportsbook account. Place your first wager and receive up to 1500 bucks back in bonus bets if the bet loses. If that bet does lose, your bonus bets will be available once your initial wager is settled. Gambling problem or concern? Call 1-800-GAMBLER.